Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line Scottish Women's Football Podcast. We're back after a week hiatus. Apologies for that. Life and I got in the way, but we're back and it's going to be quality, so it's cool. Um, I'm your host, Chris Marshall, and joining me, as always, Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing tonight, Campbell? Yeah, not too bad, Chris. To the point. <laughs> I was expecting a, a more verbose answer there, but that'll do. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Um, this week, we're going to quickly touch on the Champions League from last week, uh, purely because we haven't talked about it yet. Um, extra time and penalties, another reason uh, why we couldn't quite get a podcast on last week. Uh, and then we'll cover the weekend's SWPO action before looking ahead to the Scotland game, uh, playing on Friday night away to Albania. But, uh, Campbell, let's let's rewind first of all to Thursday night. Uh, Peter's Hill Park, Glasgow City against Bronby. Um, a 2 0 loss in the light on the on the light two 0 loss on the night uh, goals from uh, Nana Christensen and Frederica Lindhard went to extra time in penalties. Uh, Glasgow City won three one in penalties. Before we talk about the, the result as a whole, I think everybody needs to give a wee round of applause to Lee Alexander for that performance on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, kept City in that game as we said at the time. Watching, I think most people that were watching the game would agree. City were not really at the race for a lot of the night. Um, improved also a wee bit second half in extra time, but if it wasn't for three or four great saves during the game for Alexander, and then of course three penalty saves in uh, the shootout as well, they wouldn't be going through. So it's, she's definitely the player that should get all the credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as, as you quite rightly say, City, especially in the first half, just didn't seem to be at it. I think we had a, a quick conversation at half time and we were a little bit worried that, that it was going to slip away from them, but they dug in and um, obviously got the result. And I thought towards the end of the game, maybe we're coming on a little bit stronger. Extra time was extra time. There was the, the, the Jenna Clark header and the, the kind of the penalty incident, but Lee Alexander um, saves three penalties and puts him through it to the last eight for the second time. Uh, first time since 2015, when they lost to the PSG. Um, the draw for that gets made on Friday 8th of November, so if you're listening to this, whenever that is, that date is set, instead of just saying a random day and hoping you haven't listened yet, um, they could either get Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, Wolfsburg, Lyon, or Paris Saint-Germain. Campbell, all easy games, Emmy. <laughs> yeah, it's also a very, very tough draw. I mean, it's like they've done amazingly well to get to this stage and represent Scotland in, uh, in the draw, obviously. Sighting themselves, they're realistic. They know the chances are they're going to struggle and probably not get through against any of those teams. But it's certainly an entertaining draw. Hopefully, one that will draw another big crowd to Peter's Hill if they can get um Aye, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm looking to draw a big crowd to Peter's Hill. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, there's 800 there for the game against Bronby on Thursday night. Uh, the record is 1700-ish for the PSG game, so it'll be really good to push push that number up as high as possible. Um, I tell you what, Campbell. I'm I'm not going to ask you who Glasgow City want because I think we kind of both know that. We're still speaking to the players post match. There seems to be a willingness to play Arsenal. For me, that's a bit boring. If I'm being perfectly honest, I see Arsenal. I can see Arsenal kind of whenever I want, thanks to the FA player and everything that's going on like that. Um, who would you like to see Glasgow City play? Who would you like to see them bring to Peter Park? Park? Um, they're all very tough games. I'd, li- I'd like to see Leon. Obviously, they're the best team in women's football so it's a lot of the players in the World Cup as well but I think Lyon would be certainly a great one that could draw a big big crowd to Peter's Hill Yeah I think Lyon is the the women's football fan choice maybe the best way of putting it um, maybe won't draw in as many neutrals but uh, yeah for me I think Lyon would be the, the draw but 
whoever they're going to get, it's going to be tough. To give some context, Arsenal uh, played Slavia Prague uh, at the same stage as Glasgow City played Bromby. Slavia Prague put Hibernian, and Arsenal beat them 13-2 in aggregate. So it's going to be tough. Uh, and the other thing as well, Campbell, that's maybe worth bearing in mind if you know, don't follow women's football closely and you're listening to this, is that the quarterfinal now isn't until March. And Campbell, I suppose the other thing as well is the Glasgow City squad um, was obviously very together and tight-knit, but people will come looking for them, given how good they've been this season. I'll be interested to see how that, that squad shape up shapes up come March time. Yeah, I mean, even there are a couple outgoing City, as we know, seem to strengthen themselves every single year, and they'll get mm-hmm. big names in as well. So I don't think the squad will be, will be really uh, too depleted for that game, but it'll, it won't be an easy task either way. And obviously, with the season just beginning to really kick off at that point as well, that won't help them. But it's not going to be easy. But I think it's just in either squad, it's... Um, it's going to be an interesting game and an exciting one for the club. Absolutely. I mean, either way, I think it'll be a lot of fun to cover one way or the other. Um, so I'm looking forward to that in March time. But let's move into the league this, league this weekend. We had a full card of SWPL action. Um, bar one fixture, Hutchison Vale against Dundee United, called off due to a waterlog pitch at Sorton Enclosure. And we'll start an SWPL one. And let's, let's start with Glasgow City Campbell because um, they were trying to play Celtic, who have run them close twice this season. And... Um, a, a pretty remarkable run came to an end on Sunday. Glasgow City actually lost 4-1. Um, a double from Sierra Ewans, uh, a goal from Natalie Ross and Josephine Giard. Uh, Joel Love did get one back for this, to make the score 2-1. But from watching the highlights and speaking to a couple of people at the game, it sounds like City weren't really at it. And from the highlights, it looked like maybe there was a bit of a hangover. I know Scott Booth said in the post-match he didn't believe that, but it's, it looked that way a little bit. Um, what, what was your take on what you saw from that game? Yeah, I mean, obviously you had extra time and penalties on the Thursday night, and then going to Celtic, who were obviously themselves still chasing second place. So it was, it was um, going to be a tough game. As you said, they've given them tougher games as well throughout the season. But Celtic obviously scored early on there. I think that really helped them. And City just did look lethargic. I know Scott uh, made six changes obviously for the game, but things clearly went working with them two 0 uh, two nil down in five minutes and a half time. He brought off um, a couple of players and brought on another couple who would normally be starters. And um, Rachel McLaughlin and I think it was Joe Love actually that came on and it, he clearly wasn't happy because they were just way below par and Celtic took full advantage of that to their credit and 4-1 was deserved and looking at the highlights of the saying it probably could have been more as well so I think it was simply that European hangover that has let City down and obviously ended that amazing unbeaten record. Yeah, you've referenced the record. So it's 72 games in the league unbeaten. So that's going back to the 19th of June 2016 where they lost 3-0 to Spartans. You've probably seen that stat by now if you if you listen to this, but Spurs repeating. Um, 32-game winning run as well as part of that that's now come to an end. And the first away loss since September 2012. So lots of records getting broken in that regard. Um, it's a pretty remarkable run to come to an end, Campbell. And we've kind of touched on it throughout the season in terms of the, the, the appearance and driving enthusiasm for women's football by some clubs. Do you think we're going to see a record like that happen again anytime soon? Um, I mean, obviously City are still that we head above the rest, but as I was saying, obviously with Hibs improving all the time, Celtic Rangers announcing these big changes uh, to their structure as well. Hopefully a lot of the teams um, will be able to close the gap, just make for a more entertaining league uh, and a, more, a, a sort of closer league as well. So it's, it is possible, but I think you may well see City drop more points over the next couple of years, for all we know. And as I say, hopefully it just makes the other teams improve as well. And it means that City aren't getting all their own way all the time. Yeah, I, I think, I, I suspect that the, a run like that will be 
a lot harder to come by now. I think I, I think that's more fair to say though. Their title dominance that's still obviously a completely different conversation, and they won the title underneath some pretty significant combination both from Hibernian and Celtic. And Campbell, what what does this result mean for Celtic? We we spoke a couple of weeks ago about how it felt like their season after the the quarterfinal defeat to City maybe tailed off a little bit. Um, will there be a tinge of kind of regret that a result like this has come now and maybe not earlier in the season and the momentum that could have been put behind that? I think they could be, but um, Celtic obviously, along with City, the only team they've beaten every other team in the league now as well. So I think that's a record they've played with themselves. They know that they've been able to close the gap on the top two this season. They're going to just hope to do it all in the future. So as much as they'll be disappointed, yes, that it's taken this long to get that win, realistically they were never really going to challenge for um, first place anyway. So I think they'll look at it as a stepping stone and they know that they're obviously they're ahead of the likes of Rangers and Spartans below them. But they are closing the gaps on Hibs and City and will hopefully themselves hopefully see themselves, sorry, closing that gap even further in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, it's certainly something to keep your eye on. Um so Glasgow City losing their, their unbeaten record. And there's been one team gamble this weekend to have lost their SWPL one status. It, it was kind of already felt like it was bound to happen, but um it was confirmed this weekend uh, Stirling University travelled to Edinburgh to take on Hibernian at Ainsley Park. Um, it was a 7-2 defeat. Uh, Claire Peterson actually opened the scoring for Stirling University. And if you watch the goal highlights via the Hibs uh, ladies' Twitter feed, you could hear the enthusiasm in Stirling University uh, followers at, at that particular moment. However, normal order was kind of resumed. And Lauren Davison got a hat-trick along with goals from Siobhan Higgins, Jamie Lee Napier, Rachel Boyle and Chelsea Cornett. Although uh, Claire Drabonet did get a, a second for Stirling University. I mean, Campbell, they, they lost to Falfer Farmington 2-0 in the BBC Elbow game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that that was really the result that sealed it. They would have had to win their last two games and hope Falfer got nothing, um, which wasn't the case, which we'll come to shortly. What's what's your take on Southern University as a whole this season? I mean, you, can you really go through the entire season, 19 games so far this season, without winning a game and expect to stay up? No, I mean, obviously, as we said, losing that game, uh, Oakleview against Forster a couple of weeks ago, it really pretty much did confirm also the delegation for themselves. We got a good result this weekend confirming it uh, officially. So, I mean, it wasn't... It was, you could tell as well when the news filtered through to us at Peter's Hill that Stirling had taken the lead that it was a bit of a surprise there. Can you do that in our voices? So, it, it was it was never really going to be long until Hibs came back and obviously the scoreline shows that Hibs were comfortable. Um, it has been a long season for Stirling and as we say, their only points had been the draws against Forford, which are, obviously there's no real use and picking up just the odd draw here and there with no wins and it's it's a tough season obviously when you've got the university side of things and then with that being off during the summer it does make it harder and a lot of the players aren't there so it's always going to be tough to keep up at that level but I think it was it was expected that they would probably go down um, ahead of Fordford and that's just the way it panned out unfortunately for them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the squad from the start of the season to now, and when you look at some of the players that, that play for the university side that don't don't play for the league side, um, I think they're going to go through an interesting period of transition. What's what's your thoughts on them in SWPL2 next season? Because we, we know it's super competitive down there. And I my instinct is that actually maybe for Southern University, it's going to be consolidation as opposed to an expectation that they're, they're going to bounce straight back up. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think consolidation probably will be their, their main aim uh, at the start of the season, obviously. Whichever one of Hearts and Hamilton doesn't go up, they can show that they're going to be at that level again. Um, Patrick Dissel, Kilmarnock, Glasgow, Dundee United, St. Johnson, all these teams as well have been in there this season. 
they're all going to improve and push on. You'd hope to see Hutchie maybe change a bit as well if they can get some new players in. And then we have in Queen's Park coming up as well. Another two sides that have great runs um, in the Scottish Cup as well as in the league. So it's, it's going to be a really, really tight season again um, in SWPL2 next year. So it's it's not going to be easy for Stirling Union. They'll feel they possibly can uh, bounce straight back. But I think if they get themselves just sort of into mid-table and build on that for the following season, then they may be not too disappointed with that. Yeah, um, I think I think that's all very fair, and not to gloss over Avernian, but it was an expected win, and their focus will be the cup final, which of course we'll cover in greater depth closer to the time. Um, I mentioned the fact that Forth of Farmington um, could have stayed up with a point at respect of Rochdale University did, and they did that uh, with a 0-0 draw against Spartans. Uh, speaking to a friend of the pod, Graham Hart at Petersell Park on Sunday, Campbell, um, and he was talking about the game management, and this is something that I think was very well evidenced in the Southern University game that Forth of Farmington has shown. Maybe lacks a little bit of imagination sometimes, Campbell, but it's got the job done and there'll be a, a level of satisfaction that actually on Sunday they got the point they needed as opposed to not having to rely on some university getting beaten by a bit Hibernian. Yeah, Forfar obviously got that wee bit more experience as well there, so it's that does help them. Um, as you're saying, creativity at times is the lack you've seen as well for folk that have only watched the games on TV that you can see in those games, the pretty much just sat back to contain them, even against Stirling Uni. So, you get a point against the Spartan side that have shown good glimpses as well this season. Obviously, we know what they could do. It was, it's a great result for them. It's, as you say, confirms the, yeah, the place in the league again next season. It's going to be another tough season for them there, but they certainly do have that sort of, that solid base to build on, but it's, they just lack something going forward and that's you know, ultimately cost them as well as obviously high number of goals they've conceded. Yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see how how that transpires over the over the course of the winter before the season comes back again, late late February, early March time. Um, one other game in SWPL one, it was Motherwell one Rangers three. Uh, Katie Rice got the opener for Motherwell at Ravens Craig, but uh, Hannah Robertson, Brogan Hay, and Rosie McQuillan scoring again, um, which I thought was interesting to see, means that Rangers have sealed fourth place. Um, that fabled fourth place, the magical fourth place. Um, there doesn't really mean anything to be honest with you. Top half finish is nice, but maybe a wee bit extra prize money from the Scottish Building Society, but. Uh, good result for Rangers. We, we were at, uh, obviously, the Hubble uh, a few weeks ago to see them play Motherwell and win 4-3. And there was actually the first game between Motherwell and Rangers this season. It was 3 each. So, always competitive between these two sides. Uh, probably the result that was expected, given how the games have been going recently for the two of them. Um, probably. I mean, I was uh, watching Rangers, obviously, last midweek against Spartans as well, where they just about edged it and it was tough it was a tough night for them there so the fact that they've played Wednesday Saturday with uh, Motherwell having obviously the week off it's uh, the fact they've not had as much rest to then go there and pick up a very impressive win is, is very good for Rangers obviously and we know Greg Vigna will be very pleased with the way he's finishing he knows they're that sort of level behind City, Hibs and Celtic so he'll be glad that they've shown they are sort of the best of the rest if you will um, from the rest of the teams there, and it's it's a very good result, especially given they fell behind to another side that, as we say, as you say, they sort of caused them problems in both games. So they've certainly been great games to watch between those two this season. Hope for more of the same next year. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, so that's SWPL one. As I said, it's kind of all tied up there now. Um, Glasgow City champions, Stirling University have been relegated, and fourth place is sorted. Campbell, which is obviously the best news of all. Um, I think before we move into SWPL2, I'm going to just do a little transition, and that's that's to talk about that Rangers Spartans game that you mentioned, Campbell, the other weekend. The fact that Rangers, a team who have put a lot of effort behind their women's team by all by all intentions and purposes, didn't have anybody covering the game there on on Wednesday night. 
and that was a problem as well on Sunday. Um, I've talked about Malia before. I'm not going to labour that, and it sounds like positive things are coming in that direction, which is great to see. But Hearts had a, a big game in SWPL2 this uh, this Sunday, Campbell, at home to Glasgow Girls, um, and there was nobody covering the game um, from the, the club social media side. Now, I know Hearts were playing Rangers in the, the Scottish League Cup, but it, it was very disappointing to see again, and uh, admittedly, they, they offset that a little bit by getting the goals highlights out really quickly, so I know that somebody was there videoing it, um, and that's great work, and you'll love to see that. But it's a little bit disappointing, Campbell, when you're trying to like big up a big up a league campaign, a title race, which we still have in SWPL2, and there's nobody there from the club kind of geeing everybody up for it. Yeah, I mean, at the Hummel last week, it was it was a cold, cold Wednesday night, and obviously the Rangers media team had been down at Solihull with the, the under-20s there, sort of doing the media the night before, so that was tough for them there. But even Spartans, again, ended up coming down to Simone McMahon, who was one of the, one of the players who was on the sidelines who had to actually do the Twitter that night as well. So that was disappointing. As you say for Hearts, obviously, I know Lewis there that does the, he'll video the goals, does a great job with that every week, but there wasn't really much else, no updates and things like that. And as you say, it's it's tough to build on the game at times when there's no one else there doing it. I know plenty of people do try their best, but it's 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 not always easy. And it's like, again, Hearts and Glasgow girls have been two very good sides to watch this season. So the fact that there was very little coverage of the game certainly was disappointing, as you say. Yeah, and there's obviously been lots of noise about the integration that's going on at Hearts and the Academy. And I think we're probably, we're maybe being critical, but I think it's critical with a purpose in terms of growing the game and understanding how how to get more people interested in it. Obviously, as well, Hearts are rubbish just now, so go go and watch the women's side. They're in a, they're in a title race. They could win the league. In fact, they could win the league at Tynecastle on the last day of the season now as it stands, but... We'll, we'll give a bit of grace and see what happens at the start of next season and maybe if, if it still continues. I think that bigger questions need to be asked about that. But on to the game itself. And as you mentioned, Lewis does a great job getting highlights together. Um, so the goals were up there. A 2 one for Hearts against Glasgow Girls who made their own announcement this week, obviously announcing that they're change, changing their, their senior side to Glasgow Women um, and Glasgow Girls will remain in the National Performance Leagues. Uh, goals from Aisha Mon and Maddie Brill-Edwards. I don't know about you, Campbell, but I was particularly uh, pleased with the Aisha Mon goal. I'm a big fan of long-range efforts that bounce in off the underside of the crossbar. And I think that was maybe goal of the weekend, but... Maddie Brill Edwards' strike was pretty good as well over over Hartness. Um, great result for Hearts. Um, they they basically just have to keep winning and and, and that'll be the league theirs. Yeah, I mean obviously they're they're way behind uh, Aki's on goal difference at the minute, but like gaming as much of you, we'd expect them to really cut that down, and that would obviously leave them three points ahead going into their last game. As you see at Tynecastle, they'll be hoping for a big crowd. Um, they got that against the United the previous time, but got, didn't get the result they would want. So. I'm hoping that this time they can change that and just get a big crowd in and hopefully for them going and win the league game two great goals we, as we see seen now we really love uh, hitting off the bar you find that very pleasing but um, yeah it was two good goals a good performance from Hearts all around and they know anything just keep their eye on the ball and not look too far ahead of themselves in terms of lifting that trophy then they probably should be there if they can just keep their eye on the ball as I say yeah, and that um, obviously put the pressure on a little bit for Hamilton, who were at home to St. Johnson. Uh, Campbell, you were at this one, so I'm going to let you take it away in terms of uh, what happened at the Hope CB, no, Fountain of Youth Stadium. They change it so often. <laughs> Fountain of Youth Stadium uh, on Sunday. We'll just stick to New Douglas Park, I think. But, yeah, um, that's a far better shout. Yeah, New Douglas Park, yeah. As as we say far too often, St. Johnston didn't really play too badly. Obviously, with a comfortable scoring, you see um, Aki's deserved the win. 
but it wasn't. They didn't get it all their own way. I think it helped. Really. They took the lead um, inside the first two minutes, saying it was Sturrock scored there. Then she scored again to make it 2 0. And then Antigua McCann then got a goal as well. So 3 0 up very early on. Um, and then Chloe Muir scored a wonderful fourth before half time. So uh, the fact they got all those early goals did seem to kill it off. But St Johnston were getting into the Aki's area plenty of times themselves. And um, Nicole Carter had a good chance of blazed over. And then uh, Ellie McCowie had a short straight at the goalkeeper as well. And probably easy to actually find the net at times. So it did let them down a bit. Um, Aki's kind of. They were more a professional performance in the second half. They didn't sort of force anything. And in the end, obviously, got a fifth goal, um, Amy Anderson's penalty. It was a penalty, so that was, there was nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, they'll be, they were pleased with the performance, I think. Uh, the results, sorry. The, speaking to Gary Doctor at full time, the performance he feels could have been better. But at the end of the day, they just need to keep winning and put the pressure on hearts. They've scored five goals. They've got three points. And it was a deserved win in the end, but perhaps not as comfortable as a school line to Jeff. Yeah, you mentioned that interview. You stepped in to help out um, at Aki's uh, this weekend. And Aki's are up to, to provide a counter to the disappointment of not seeing coverage at some of the games over the last couple of weeks. Aki's probably are up there in terms of providing some of the best women's football content post-match. And they did it again this weekend, even short-handed. So that was great to see. Um, gives conversations like this, Campbell, so much easier to have. So when you're speaking, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, great result for them. Um, and it keeps them ahead at the moment. Uh, the Hearts have now got a game against Hutchison Vale next Sunday, so it's Sunday the 10th of November. Uh, we're not going to get too far into the intricacies of why that's back. What we all say is that the game was abandoned. Uh, a game never started the last time out. Hearts and Hutchison Vale both appealed the decision. Um, the SWF decided that was fair and the game's getting replayed. There is uh, one club in Kilmarnock aren't happy about it. Let's be, let's call it out because they have been they have said that, um, and I can kind of understand that. But Campbell, um, Hearts are twenty six goals behind um, Hamilton Aki's on goal difference. Um, if they win, they'll go level in points. Without doing a disservice to Hearts and Vale, how close do you think Hearts can get to really leveling it up come that that last day of the season in terms of the goal difference? Because that could matter. Uh, it could matter if results don't go their way on the final day. Well, we saw Aki's got obviously a couple of weeks ago. Got 19 against Hutchie Vale. Um, Hearts themselves got 24 against Raith Rovers in the cup, and they both won comfortably against Hutchie obviously this season. Um, it's, I can understand why they want to appeal it. I don't quite see why Hutchie want to appeal it, but um, yeah, it'll be Hearts will look at that as a game where they can certainly go and hopefully close that gap for themselves. You would imagine Aki's will still be ahead in terms of goals going into the final day, but with Hearts having the points advantage, they're obviously still the favourites for it. It's we can. You can see why it's been replaced from a heart's point of view. Kelly obviously may not have appealed it, but in fairness, they should probably still be getting to replay it as well. So a slightly strange decision there, but Hearts will look at this game obviously as a way of building up their goals, and you would expect it to be into double figures, and they'll try and cut down that 26 goal gap um, on Aki's for going into the final game. But as I say, with the three-point advantage, it's still in their hands. Yeah, exactly, and that, I think that's the thing. You, you're right, they will beat Hutchison Vale, but there's no shame in saying that they, they will beat uh, Hutchison Vale. I think you're right. I think there is certainly something for, for Kamara to um, maybe feel a little aggrieved about, but we don't know the full story in terms of the decision-making process and what was done in the events of both the games prior, so we won't go too deep into that. But, yeah, so they've got that game on um, Sunday. The other teams uh, playing on Sunday, there's two games, even though it's an international break, there's a bit of fixture catching up going on. Uh, it's part of this all against Dundee United at 12 o'clock at Peters Hill Park. Um, we were both at Peters Hill Park for the part of this against Kilmarnock game this Sunday. Um, it finished one each. Um, 
Uh, the, the, I suppose it was competitive, Campbell. I think that's a, a good word for it. Yeah, I mean, it was far from a classic. <laughs> we say as a him. It was obviously on the match supporting duty there in, in the first half. There was literally nothing to talk about. There was obviously that one shot of Claire Dockery where she hit the post and then somehow managed to miss the empty net on the rebound and there was literally nothing else that happened. So I think the goal was exactly what the game needed to own up. Um, obviously it came in sort of comical circumstances pretty late on actually with the uh, Lynn Jackson slicing the ball into their own net and Claire Dockery, as we see, absolutely loving it in the celebration. Um, before Thistle obviously themselves scored from what was a pretty free goal, Mario Lyle crossing from pretty much on the byline and somehow finding the net. Um, yeah, competitive probably was the word for it. It was both teams weren't exactly holding back from tackles and things like that. There could well have been a few more cards. The referee seemed to want to let everything go, which was also surprising. But it was a game that really summed up the two sides this season. And that they're both very, they're both physical teams. They're both good teams to watch at times, um, and it keeps the two of them very, very tight. Obviously, like the last few games, we'll see who can come out on top to finish third. If it isn't either of those sides, yeah, of course, because. Um... Dundee United are still involved in that mix as well as uh, as Glasgow well. So yeah, um, yeah. this season says Graham. So we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> yeah, we will do. But yeah, part of this with Dundee United is also on uh, on Sunday, uh, twelve o'clock at Hill Park. So if you're in the area, go pop down and have a look at that one. Uh, yeah, so that that kind of runs it. Brings it the action really. We're now focusing on SWPL two title race in terms of what's left to play for in the SWPL. Um, last games this season on the 17th of November, so we'll, we'll cover them next week. Uh, but yeah, certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, we're entering award season now, Campbell. Uh, there's been obviously nominations go out for players, and we'll maybe do that a little bit closer to when the, the awards are announced in terms of what our thoughts on that. But there are a couple to announce. Um, let's let's first talk about uh, the SWPL uh, Player of the Month for October. Uh, the nominations for that were announced on the day of recording. Um, the nominations are Jamie Lee Napier of Hibernian, Kirsty McIntosh of Hampton Ackies, Donna Patterson of Forfa Farmington, and Claire Doherty of FC Kilmarnock. Um, a- any thoughts on them? Do anybody you think maybe could be missing from October, or do you think that's a, a, a decent shout in terms of a spread of players for this month? Um, I mean, there's maybe a couple of questionable ones in there or not in there, but Overall, I think I mean, the players have obviously had a strong month, as they've seen, with other players and uh, managers nominating them. So there are some definitely some players in there that have a good month. So obviously, if we see Jamie Lane, Apec, Lord Docherty in particular, have had a couple of great months with goals and assists. So it's, it can be a strange one. And obviously, we spoke before recording about some perhaps odd choices in both um, the awards at the end of the season and here. But yeah, there's those players are the ones that have been picked. So it's it's going on merit, as we see from other people then. We can't really argue with that, I suppose. So it just comes out to who then go out and vote for. Yeah, I mean, so Jamie Lee Napier, five goals in the games in October. Kirsty McIntosh scored a couple, and both of them have assists. Claire Dockett scored a goal, but she's probably been one of Kilmarnock's standouts this season. And she, this is her second Player of the Month nomination as well. And then you have Donna Pastor for Farmington, who were on the, an end of two pretty heavy defeats, but at the same time, they got a clean sheet uh, in the game that mattered and she scored in it as well. So, yeah, interested to see what pans out, but you can go and vote for them on the SWPL website, so away and do that if you want to do that. Um, you can also vote into the end of season awards, which Campbell has just alluded to, which is goal of the season and save of the season. Um, I've already fired them up on the leading the line Twitter feed, so go have a look at them there, but you can also find them on the SWF site. Campbell, are we going to reveal who we voted for in these two? I'll let you decide you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, we'll leave it just down when we do the rest of the, the award chat, but we'll reveal it. But go have a look. Some really good goals in there. 
some interesting saves in there. Um, but yeah, go have a <laughs> go have a look um, and obviously uh, have a wee vote as well. Uh, SWF have put those videos up too, so have a look at them and have a have a wee check. But we'll now move away from domestic action, Campbell, because Scotland are back. The Scotland women's side are back in Euro qualifier action on Friday night. Um, a ten past five kickoff for their game away to Albania. And Albania, pretty special place in Scottish women's football history now. It's forever going to be anointed as that because that's where qualification for the World Cup was sealed about 30 months ago now. Um, Albania, Scotland, what's what's your thoughts, first of all, before we look at some of the things around about the game, what's your thoughts about that as a, as a game, first of all, for Scotland? Yes, it obviously brings back good memories. It's a different stadium this time, but Scotland, you'll still fancy as favourites for it. Obviously, it beat Cyprus um, in Edinburgh last time, so they'll be like going across there to the conference again. There's some new players in the squad as we'll obviously get to, but you have to fancy Scotland to win, to win that game sorry, against Albania on uh, Friday evening, which unfortunately I will miss yet again. Because you're done the United daft, you weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's on BBC Alba. So Albania, what the, the strange thing about this, Campbell, is Albania played three games already, but we've only played one. Um, so they started their campaign with a 3-0 loss at home to Finland. Uh, then lost 1-0 at home to Portugal. So they've played the other two kind of bigger sides in the group already at home. Um, and they've lost 8-1 away to Finland. So uh, away, and I think this is maybe something Scotland experienced when, when they played Albania in the last set of qualifiers as well, in terms of Albania away are a very different proposition from Albania at home. But do you think the fact that Finland and Portugal have both won in this fixture makes it, maybe a little bit even more important to make sure you get the victory when we're over there? I don't think Scotland will really focus too much on that. They'll just be focusing obviously on their own game, trying to keep out their heads, obviously, the World Cup qualification as well. So if they play their own game, then they should and probably will beat Albania, who are no mugs, obviously, but it's not going to be a sort of team that should cause them too many problems if they just stick to the way they can play and the way that we know they can play. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair to say. And I, you're right, I don't think they will have that in mind. But in, in the context of the group, I think it's maybe worth uh, keeping, keeping in our thoughts. And what's also worth keeping in thoughts is um, next week, uh, Portugal play Finland. And that potentially has, has implications for Scotland if that result goes one way or the other. But Finland have looked pretty strong so far. I've been digging out some highlights uh, this week to try and get, get up to speed in some of the teams. Campbell, uh, this would be a bit of a tangent, but trying to find um, women's football coverage from an organisation that is claiming to be covering women's football more than it ever has before, it's bloody difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously we talk about it domestically as well, it's not always easy with folk being there recording games, but um, I, it's, it's, it's never easy to dig it out, even the men's side just seen that as well, but just hopefully more clubs and more countries and nations are saying that that will start promoting it a wee bit more and make it easier for the likes of us <laughs> for research and things like this when it comes up to obviously these sort of games. Yeah, I mean, anything I, I, anything I find I'll make sure I share over leading the line when I do the preview pieces. Um, I, I want to talk about the squad a little bit though as well, Campbell, because there's, there's a couple of new names in it. So initially Martha Thomas, the West Ham tri- uh, West Ham striker, uh, top goal scorer for them actually this, so far this season was in the squad. Um, she had to cry, come out with the injury and Kirsty Hansen of Manchester United has come in. And then started this week on Monday, um, Hayley Lauder and Sophie Howard both had to come out. And they were replaced by Hannah Godfrey of Spurs, 22-year-old defender, um, came through the collegiate system in the States. And Abby Harrison, formerly of Hibernian, currently at Bristol City, scored a couple of goals this season, but most notable for having some of the wackiest goal gifts, maybe, kicking about in uh, FAWSL at the moment. Um, 
in terms of the squad in general, Rachel Boyle's obviously back in, in full, which, I, you know, I'm a Rachel Boyle mark, so I think that's great to see. Is there anything that you think is maybe missing from that squad that you maybe expected to see? Is there anything you think is going to be quite interesting to see in a, in a Scotland context? Because it's a slightly different squad from what we've been used to seeing. Um, I mean, obviously, the majority of the old names are there, but as you're saying, seeing the likes of Abby Harrison and um, Godfrey and players like that coming through, it'll be good to see how they, they get on. Um, I know Martha Thomas herself was disappointed at having to pull out the squad, but seeing some of these new players and hoping that they get some game time, we get to see what they can do. Obviously, we're not seeing too much of the WSL as well. It'll be, it'll be good to see for us. Um, yeah, there's, there's not really too many surprises, obviously, a few players having to pull out, as we say, but... It's a Scotland squad that should be strong enough to go and win um, their game across in Albania. And hopefully, as we're saying, if they're comfortable enough, Shelley Kerr can bring on some of these players and we'll get to see some of the newer players and see what they can do and what they could possibly have for the future. And um, obviously include Rachel Boyle, who, as you say there, you're a big fan of. Yeah, I just think, obviously, our story writes itself. She's already been covered quite a lot by BBC. But I actually think from the from the summer break until now, she she has been one of the, the best players in the SWPL. So big fan of seeing that, that call-up as well. Um, I, I've seen bits of Kirsty Hansen through, through watching the, the women's football from down south. She hasn't necessarily always started for Manchester United. They have uh, Leah Galton, who is a fantastic player, is obviously working her way back into the game. But uh, she's obviously down there at Manchester United with a good Scotland contingent. And Hannah Godfrey, I have to put my hands up and say I wasn't even aware I could play for Scotland. Um, turns out she has a parent that's Scottish. Um, so that that's certainly one I'm going to do a bit of digging on. But we'll co- I'll cover some of that in the Lean Line website over the next couple of days. But before we leave this game then, Campbell, get a, an ultimate prediction for you. What's the score going to be on Friday? 3-1 Scotland. Do you want Scotland? I am going to go a bit of a nice one and say 2-1 Scotland. Um, but I think I think we'll get a win and get a win. I think it's all that matters. That wraps it up for this week. Um, we'll be back again next week. Uh, scheduling the flight. Again, apologies that there wasn't one last week. It's just the nature of the beast at the moment when we're trying to get everything working and figuring out times to do things. Um, by all means, if you've got any questions, please look, get in contact. You can do so over at Leading Line or you can get in contact by myself or Campbell on Twitter, which I'll always link uh, link you to as well. Uh, please tell other people about it. The only way that this game can grow is by talking about it more and people who want to learn about it. Hopefully people can do that a little bit by listening to this. Uh, but for now, Campbell, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks again, Chris. And thank you very much for listening. Um, please let everybody know about it. And if you want to give it a wee five-star review as well. Until next time, catch you later. It doesn't make me smile.